This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And first up, we are talking about whether medical certificates still serve a purpose. So this comes from a tweet uh, posted earlier this week by a doctor, uh, Dr. Nimelish, who essentially tweeted a conversation between uh, an employer and an employee, which goes, why didn't you come into work? I was sick. Where's your MC? Well, if I could go to the clinic, that means I could have gone to work. And I think striking a real nerve, right? Because this had many, many people responding, agreeing and saying that, It is actually quite inconvenient to expect a sick employee to go out uh, to see a doctor to demand an MC, particularly if it wasn't anything that required huge amounts of medical care to begin with. Um, And that sick leave could be something you could just apply for with the company and be taken on the basis of trust. Uh, Of course, there were, on the other hand, others contesting this by saying people might abuse the system. Um, And so we thought the time was ripe to have a conversation about whether the medical cert was still something that was helpful. Yeah, you you know, kind of hit the nail on the head with the trust issue. I think uh, that often is lacking in relationships between employers and employees. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how it's resolved. I mean, the MC is there in in part to establish that the claims being made by the employee are true. Uh, and I think it, in, in particular, it's not just the day that you feel sick, but for if, for instance, you have something uh, or a condition that requires many more days off than a it really does become important. So I am inclined to think that if you as an employee are afforded a certain amount of sick days, sick leave days, I'm not talking about hospitalization and so on, which might require an actual, um, you know, documentation from, from from the doctor or the hospital. But if you're given a certain number of sick leave days, I think it just makes it easier all around for you to be allowed to take those sick leave days when you need them without needing to provide an MC every single time. Um, And the system sort of takes care of itself, doesn't it? Because if you run out of sick leave and then you actually need it when you're really sick, then you're kind of the one who needs to deal with that. So I personally feel like we're past the point of needing medical certificates. It feels a little bit archaic in the days where now we have work from home arrangements and things like calls for mental health leave. Um, So perhaps this is a conversation that does need to be had. It is worth saying that under the Employment Act, um, there are conditions for sick leave and that um, there is the requirement of a medical cert by a registered medical practitioner um, and that you have to inform your employer of the, the sick leave within 48 hours with that MC. So this isn't just a company policy thing that needs to be talked about, but also on a more, um, on, a, on a governmental level. But we will be discussing this after this with Deepa George, who is uh, a managing consultant with My HRC Services. Uh, but in the meantime, we want to hear from you as well. Should we do away with medical certs? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Begin fun moments. BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It's 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about whether 
the medical certificate should just be done away with. Uh, this comes um, on the wake of a lot of conversation happening around this topic on social media. We'd like to hear from you as well. Should we just do away with MCs? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note, or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Deepa George, managing consultant of My HRC Services. Deepa, always good to have you with us. Thank you. Good to be back. So there's recently been a lot of conversation around whether Malaysia should just do away with needing MCs when it comes to taking sick leave. Is it time for Malaysian companies to revise their sick leave policies? <laughs> That's really, yeah, it's a very, it's a big conversation, right? There's not enough time to go through that as well. But yeah, I think there needs to be some modification Then We've come a long way to think about, um, you know, the Employment Act and there's been lots of changes to different areas of it. Um, but I think, you know, there are so many parts to it. One of it is the, the law itself or the act. But the other thing is the company. So as you rightly said, it's up to the companies on how relaxed or how stringent they want to be. So is it time? Yes, because they have everything that you hear of from, um, I understand, in factory settings where you have incentives for zero sick leave, all the way to companies where, you know, even if a, a basic cough and cold, you need to make sure you have a medical cert and, and produce that. So is it time? Absolutely. Because, you know, there are so many things that have happened and COVID in the last couple of years has shown us that even work from home and flexibility. So all that has come into the mix, which was not there perhaps in the past. Deeper, can we talk about the fact that it is mandatory under, under the Employment Act uh, 1995? What do you think needs to happen in terms of the conversation at the government level uh, or on a policy level for this particular amendment to happen? Okay, so the reality is I, I'm not trying to generalise, but the truth is from a HR perspective, we have you know a bit of sometimes cynical views around MCs because the reality is there are still options for MCs to be bought. So if you are going to buy an MC and that's readily available, that obviously, you know, doesn't sit well with the employers versus the government sector. And, and you may or may not be aware of this. And I only recently found out that if you lose a MC sheet, these things are kept under lock and key in the government sector. In fact, you need to make a police report because they are really valuable. So, you know, we need to try and find that same level of rigor where MCs are not granted that easily in the government sector to be transposed and therefore also applied in the private sector. That's one, right? Um, the other thing is, of course, at a policy level to change, we also must make sure that we educate the employers, educate the doctors, just like that. Even the, the other support staff in the clinics who might be ready to, to give this out for a small fee. Again, I don't want to stereotype, but the reality is it's it's sometimes it's almost a joke because I've been in, um, you know, a lady's toilet once where they didn't know I was there. And I overheard some people making this conversation saying, ah, yeah, what a waste. Like, I have like eight days unutilized MC. I better spread it out. So there's obviously <laughs> a view that that is something is an, an entitlement, which it is, but it's based on your medical condition. Um, and unfortunately, until we get to the root of it, there are things that need to be done systemically at a company, at an employer, um, and also at a government level to make sure that these you know, private clinics also you know, uh, follow suit. So Deepa, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I said this earlier during the introduction to the topic. Um, in essence, and sick leave is like annual leave in that you get a certain number of days. Um, mm -hmm. In the end, isn't it up to the employee to be able to take it when necessary? And if they run out, the reality is they run out. True. But I mean, if you think about it, 
it, it is their entitlement, but it's also, you know, um, I guess it's it's really the sense of responsibility on each employee is very different. Different people have different work ethics. So like those ladies that I overheard saying I have eight days, it, they obviously are not going to get sick, but they are planning to use that. So I think we need to find a happy medium between that. Um, and it also goes back to even the type of the culture of the company. I'm sorry to say that we must ask ourselves, why do people think that means they don't really want to be at work? Are they overwhelmed? Are they burnt out? Do they feel that, look, burnout doesn't qualify technically for an MC in the good old days? So what would qualify? So why do they feel they need to exercise that? Are they unhappy? Are they just slackers? But that's not fair because not everybody is. So what is the work culture and so on and so forth? So we need to find a happy medium. I wish we had the magic pill. I don't. Um, but there are also, you know, people who we don't want people to also um, come into work and infect everyone else. That's not what we're trying to propose as well. So there's really no sort of, um, I guess, magic answer to it. But we need to find a way to to get that balance of compliance on the employee with the right work ethic and responsibility. But that whole level of trust from the employer as well. Yeah, so can we deepen this conversation about trust, uh, you know, as, in terms of specific maybe methodologies that can be used? I mean, between this, the slacker worker and the exploitative employer, I mean, how do we create a conversation in-house that can can develop that trust? Okay, so one particular, you know, um, sort of example that I've seen done well is when they when employers want to talk about things like, you know, um, health indicators, and I'm talking about people health indicators, HR health indicators like absenteeism and so on. Maybe these are data that we don't show, but what's wrong in showing people exactly what's the average MCs in the company? Not many employees know that. You, you, they know the numbers of the revenue. They know the cost, the cost avoidance, cost savings, cost management techniques. Everything is about company performance. How about sharing some HR health indicators with employees so that they understand, wow, oh my goodness, you know, in the last three months itself, it's an average of five days MC per employee. So it helps the conversation um, to start happening with employers, with managers then we can also see which departments because is it a case of the employees it can't be all employees in one department being slackers there must be some cultural issue or some sort of uh, you know i don't want to use the word toxic because it's overused but at the same time there must be something that's happening then we can use those data points to have the conversations um, and then the balance of trust and so on is really about how much flexibility do you want to give these employees work from home I bet you most people will think if they're working from home, there's no need for an MC. If you cultivate a, a culture that is so high on trust and empowerment and flexibility, if it is based on deliverables, if they are not well, they will probably tell the boss, you know what, today I can't work, I'm really unwell, but I'll still get you the report on Monday if you need it. So how do we get to that stage is, I think, the conversation we need to have. So to your point about um, you know working from home, for instance, to be honest, post-pandemic, many companies have already introduced flexible work options, things like duvet days, um, uh, uh, hybrid work days. How might mm. these options change the way uh, we think about sick leave? Yeah, so I think um, to me, with sick leave, we're looking at three things, right? Even if you look at from a HR perspective, even the good old days, forget you know, pre, um, forget COVID, even before when MC was just about show me your MC and then that's that sort of correlates. You're looking at the frequency of the MC, you're looking at the category, meaning the type of illness, and you're looking at the pattern, right? Um, the pattern part is very interesting. You'll find some people who generally for some reason, plan to fall sick on a Friday or a Monday. And those are the slackers of eve of holiday or after holiday. But there are some people whom, if you spread it out, 
everybody's body will fail them at some point in the year. I mean, yes, many people are very healthy, but it's fair to say that three to four times a year, you won't feel the best. Um, and so to make sure that we're able to include all those things in to see what we can do and what we can change as a result, that's important. So if you look at pattern frequency and the category of illness with working from home or duvet days, how can the employees come to the boss and say, you know what, um, today I'm going to take a, a, a day off for duvet day and I'm not going to be penalized because you have a certain credit. Now, not necessarily the 14 days per year as per law, but maybe there's four or five days in a year that you can take knowing that at some point you're going to wake up with that terrible migraine or a lady with dysmenorrhea or just cramps or anything that, that you feel needs and warrants that without having to try and justify yourself. So I think, again, it's about building the culture that supports it and then having that flexibility to allow certain number of days. So to pick on your point about the Friday-Monday thing, we do have a message from a listener, Jun Xiao, uh, who says, MCs are a must, especially if they happen on Friday or Monday. It's not about <laughs> mutual trust. It's to build your credibility. Do you agree? Is it in fact about um, the employee's credibility with the company? Well, I think that's a very good question because the reality is, again, I'm not saying it's a Friday or a Monday, it's the pattern. So if the person takes, you see, there are two employees, employee A and B, both have maximized their leave, annual leave, uh, sorry, MC for 14 days in the year. But employee A has sort of random days, sometimes it's two days because sometimes it might be, you know, um, different times of the, the, the month and the year. But then we look at employee B, see, it's very interesting if you do the data analysis and you find that everything happens to be Friday, Monday. So then you take that as an isolated incident. But I see his point or her point, sorry, but uh, which is important to note that we need to have a collective policy. But that's why I'm saying let's find a happy medium where you give a little bit of trust, knowing that everybody will get sick at some point, but not necessarily to 14 days a year. Deepa, are there uh, uh, sick leave policies from other countries that we can emulate? Yeah, so I think, um, for example, you know, if I take, uh, okay, so let's look at it from the policy government type as well as for the employer perspective, right? So in Singapore, I don't know if, you know, where they actually stagger it by even months of service. So they even have options of three months, you get a prorated five days and then four. Then after six months, I believe then it's the 14 days. So that's something else like, you know, a newbie comes in and then they have that earned leave. Then Australia has, um, I think it's 10 days for every 12 months, but they already have this option of only if it's beyond two days where you have a personal day off, they call it personal leave as well, you can take that. Then you need to produce the MC. And that is something that I would personally, um, you know, recommend some some form of a hybrid arrangement like that. And then in Spain, where you have 15 days, what's interesting is it's actually reimbursed by the government. So then the employers feel, you know, they, they get their money back from the government. Now, there's, again, two ways to look at it. Everyone has different uh, options, but you can see one has a government policy. One is based on very much on trust that over, you know, only two days needs MC. And then you have that staggered prorated thing. So I think it's a question of there's no one country that I would say has the best policy, but if we can mix and match a little bit, that would be ideal. We have a suggestion from uh, Tana saying employees who are zero MC should be rewarded. Um, is this something that you think would work? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, what Tana is referring to is very real and it happens quite often in a factory environment where production is very much dependent on the output. So imagine if you have 14 days MC and 100 employees uh, take that. We're talking about 1,400 productive days gone. Um, so they can't afford to do that. So they do that quite often. 
Um, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan in its totality, again, because I feel not everybody will be 100% okay every day of the working, every working day of the year. What I'd like to suggest is maybe have a little threshold and perhaps for those who ta don't take, look at your run rate in the company. And if it is something like five days a year, six days a year on average, so you have outliers, some who only take two or three or zero, and some who might take 10 to 12. But if you know that the average is about four to five, then maybe offer the incentives when it goes, when it doesn't go beyond that. Otherwise, we're telling staff, no matter how sick you are, come to work. And we're also telling staff it's okay to infect others. So again, I'd like to achieve some sort of a balance. Now, uh, we're talking about trust and in the sick leave system. What kind of health policies should workplaces and companies ideally have in place? Okay, so um, I'm actually a big fan. And I, I even with my clients, I try to recommend, and most of them have adopted this, where if you are sick for up to two days at a time, and for a maximum of four days in a year. Basically, it means it could be one individual day four times a year or two instances of two days. Then you don't need to produce a medical certificate. Why? Because you may wake up with a really bad uh, stomach upset and drinking a black tea and just lying in bed might make you feel better by the end of the day and you can go back. And why not more than two days? Because if you are sick for more than two consecutive days, please do go and see a doctor. Every employee, employer will, I'm sure, be concerned about the well-being of their staff. So do get your medical checkup, uh, med uh, get yourself checked out for that. So that's one. Um, and the other thing really in terms of uh, trust base is what if we have a flexi medical pool? So, and, and this is really going to companies where maybe they have a minimal dental, minimal optical. Now, mental health is not something I still haven't heard other than one employee. I've never heard many people say, I need a day off because I'm overwhelmed or I'm feeling, you know, burnt out. It seems to be still taboo, which is a topic for another time. But so these kind of things, when you offer this up to four days a year, it gives people that free will and freedom to be able to be responsible by themselves but yet within a threshold and a limit. Bundle up your outpatient, your dental, your optical, whatever medical type benefits, it has a certain cost element on a budget. So why don't we just allow employees to work within that budget and then have some sort of a threshold for the number of uh, MC days they can take? Sorry, I took too long. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I actually, there was just a weird lag in the in the sound. But thank you so much for speaking with us today, Deepa. Sure. Thank you. Uh, that was Deepa George, Managing Consultant with MyHRC Services, weighing in on uh, medical certs and how we perhaps could be moving towards a more empathetic system that works for both employer and employee. Uh, but send your thoughts through. Should we be doing away with MCs altogether? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I think we have time for um, one message. Um, Mal says, I had a staff that consulted using an app uh, called Doctor Anywhere, got the MC from Singapore while she was in KL. Um, I've heard of apps like these where you can do remote consultation. Um, but I think this was something that came about during the pandemic as well. Um, I'm not sure that if they were, if the doctor um, giving the cert 
was a legitimate doctor that this is in fact a problem. Yeah, so th- so the question is whether your company uh, acknowledges that this is a legitimate form of, uh, you know, medical intervention yeah. or, uh, you know, a certification that you are in fact sick. Um, yeah, uh, that's interesting and maybe it has to be a case-by-case basis. But ultimately, I think it's not just employer-employee, it's also between employees because when you're on leave, somebody else has to pick up the slack. Yes, yeah, so there is that and that might that's what um, Deepa was pointing at as well when she said that it's also about what works for the team and what works for you know what works for one company may not necessarily work well for another Um, we are getting other thoughts on this Uh, we'll get to them after this send yours through as well should we do away with MCs you can call double seven double three two nine hundred send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine tweet us at BFM radio before Friday materializes BFM 89.9. It is 5.53. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We do have a voice note. This is from TIDJ. I'm going to share something and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you why I believe uh, MCs are still necessary uh, as legal tenders and legal documents to get sick days. So um, this was related to me by my, uh, my uncle's secretary. So my uncle is a lawyer and his wife was a then practicing doctor and his secretary was actually feverish, uh, unable to work. However, he was still in the office doing some work and yeah, he, his wife, my, my auntie, happened to bump into the secretary and told, told the secretary like, hey, come over to the clinic and she gave him an MC uh, for three days. She told him like, rest a bit, no more work regardless of what her husband wanted. And she actually called my uncle up and told him off and said, like, you don't, you know, you don't work your employees this way. It's just unethical. So sad to say, a lot of Malaysian employers are similar to many family members of mine who are, you know, they're a nice person. People in my family are nice. But as employers, I think my family members are... Thank you for that, uh, TIDJ. No, you know, I... I think this point about how the MC is sort of a, a protective mechanism, um, not just for not just for the, the patient, but as a larger way to actually earn their right to take that day off. That is a valid point. Um, and again, going back to something uh, that Deepa said, that until our employers have a shift in how they view this relationship, perhaps we're quite a ways yet from doing away with MCs. Yeah, you know the word malingerer, you know, it was yeah. I, it coined specifically to deal with this, uh, uh, this suspicion that somebody is not genuinely sick and trying to use the excuse of being sick uh, to get off work or duty. We have another, do we have time for this? Uh, yes, we have time for one more voice note. This is Irfan. Hello, hi. Um, good evening, Sharad and Sharmila. Um, on the point where someone could possibly ask why the doctor would issue a medical certificate to a patient when the patient is not sick at all. So um, actually, me, I'm a medical doctor myself. So it is almost impossible for any doctor to actually um, delineate between um a patient in front in front of him who is lying or not lying because to me 
when I'm practicing, I would trust my patients. Uh, what they say that, I mean, what, what, what is coming out from their mouth, I mean, I would accept that. I'm, I won't question myself and asking, is he lying? Unless it is very critical, meaning that um, something which could possibly change the management of uh, the disease, you know, like sending the patient off to the hospital and so on and so forth. In that particular case, definitely I would, uh, you know, investigate further, you know, take blood, you know, do some blood tests and take certain important things, um, then come up with a very, very good and solid diagnosis. But when it comes to very, you know, not really serious um, illnesses, like just stomachache or just viral fever or just um, upper respiratory tract infection or URTI, um, yeah, we, we have to listen to our patients and believe in what they say. So, yeah, it's always push and pull. So it's quite difficult, actually. So basically, it's an art of, um, you know, negotiating to a certain extent with the patients. Because um, unless um, the patient coming in at a clinic and then we could see from the system that this patient would always come every single month for a medical certificate, uh, let's say for every month the first monday of the month so that would definitely raise a question at least for me whether or not i would easily give the mc for this patient uh, or not so yeah it depends uh, from patient to patient yeah that's my that's, that's just my thought thank you Erfan, thank you for that. It is actually great to hear from a doctor. Uh, we are unfortunately out of time, but uh, do keep sending your thoughts through. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.